We've all heard some great lawyer jokes. Trust us, we've heard them, all of them. But without sounding too adversarial, lawyers are humans too. In fact, that's the main theme of this podcast. Welcome to The Human Lawyer, the time and place where we have conversations with lawyers focusing on the intersection of the existential and the practical. Maureen Frangopoulos, Mo, as she's known on the socials, is a lawyer and leader at Uber. Her colloquial explanation of her work is informed by Downton Abbey's Lady Grantham. She doesn't argue, she explains. She's a leader at Uber because of her investment in her team. During peak pandemic times, Maureen leaned into taking a moment to check in with her team on their well-being. She values encouragement more than management. One doesn't happen without the other. To be cohesive, a team must be understood and encouraged. Maureen is passionate about equity and impact, improving the lives and opportunities available to others through her investment in their careers. Today at Uber, Maureen oversees all of Uber's tort litigation in the United States and Canada, which means that she leverages her experience trying more than 40 cases to verdict and building a team from the ground up, which now comprises more than 60 attorneys. Maureen describes herself as gritty and scrappy, owing those qualities to being the baby of a small family. Now she has her own family, so she's first chair witnessing, examining, and cross-examining her children's development. What has that taught her about herself and the human experience? Welcome to Human Lawyer Podcast, Maureen. Hi, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here today. So I don't really know where to start other than to maybe start where we ended, which is your kids. Uh, yeah. um, you mentioned uh, before the show that they're going off to camp. Uh, how old are they? So I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old who is going on like a 13-year-old. She uh, she keeps me on my toes. And so you had mentioned, I think in a recent post on LinkedIn about being gritty and scrappy. And so I'm wondering if you're seeing qualities like that or just any quality, what qualities you're seeing show up in your kids? That's interesting because <laughs> um, I think especially as you step into being a parent, um, seeing your kids start to look like you and then demonstrate qualities that you have is, is just kind of um, interesting to see in, in real time, the good and the bad, right? There's things that either one of them will do. And I'm like, oh, geez, I'm, I'm getting punished for doing this to my parents, um, you know, when I was younger. And and I was the baby of, of four kids, so had a lot of siblings. My husband uh, was the oldest of five kids, so also a, a big family. So we we have two, a uh, boy and a girl. But I think um, I definitely see uh, elements that I would say would prepare them to be a lawyer. I see they both have a sense of justice in terms of standing up either for what, you know, standing up for, I want to do this and play with this, or I want to go here. Um, you know, or if somebody's, uh, they see something being wronged in their eyes, you know, they're, they're quick to jump in and um, stand up for what they think is the right side. I might not necessarily think it's the right side, but it's their sense of justice. And my son in particular has a very strong sense of that. He's, he's quick to hold his ground. He's quick to, um, you know, give his point of view. And so I, I definitely think they follow mom in the being outspoken, being opinionated. Um, but then they, my, my husband, um, who's not a lawyer, uh, is, you know, the, the calmer, the stoic one. And there's times where I see, uh, 
elements of that in them too. I think it just depends what we're doing and, and what they're engaged in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to see uh, in different situations, how they react and you compare kind of instantly to, oh, they get that from me or they get that from you. And um, I think that's a big part of, of parenting is um, how you parent yourself in some ways because they are a little version of you. Um, which makes it fun as well. My, my parents are enjoying it. That's for sure. They like to say, oh, that reminds me so much of, you know, things that you did, Maureen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you said something really interesting there. Maybe it was a lot of things, but one I, I'm keen to explore further, how you parent yourself. How would you say you parent yourself? Yeah, I think... Um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm more forgiving with them. I think I'm harder on myself, right? You hold yourself to a certain standard. Um, and I think what I've learned with my kids and I think what my kids have taught me is having more grace, um, in certain situations for, for myself in particular. Um, I am your typical type a perfectionist, um, rule follower, you know, I, I was raised, um, as the baby of four kids to kind of, you know, follow the rules and, um, you know, work hard. My, my parents both worked my, my whole life and are very hardworking individuals. And so, um, it's hard for me to kind of take a step back and, you know, tell myself to have some grace about certain situations, uh, can't do everything for everyone and be everything for everyone at one time. Um, and so I think, that that's what they're teaching me this time around. And, and especially when my second got here, um, because one is one, two is 20 is kind of the old joke with parenting. Um, so I think, you know, as I, as I'm evolving into this parenting journey, it's about, you know, them teaching me how to have a little bit more grace, how to be more in the moment, how to relax, how to, um, you know, that's, that's in the legal field, we all kind of have this similar <laughs> type A personality. So I think that's, um, that's what they're teaching me. That's how I'm trying to parent, you know, them and parent myself and kind of the current state of mind that I'm in, which has been a journey because my, my son, when he was born was eight weeks premature, we spent six weeks in the NICU. And so he barreled in, um, you know, in, in kind of chaos. And we had a lot going on with his, uh, premature birth. And it, it wasn't kind of for a type A person who's used to, you know, needing things to go a certain way that just all blew up in terms of his arrival. And so I think that was my, my first journey into, it's not always going to go perfectly. It's not always, um, going to be what you have, you know, in, in your head. And so, um, it was a quick introduction to, you know, things going a different way and having to adapt. And I think that's, that's what kids continue to teach us. And that's also kind of the fun part of it. What about, um, saying no, have any tricks for saying no? Uh, saying no is hard. I am, I am a yes parent. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, uh, we're at the store and they want to grab the candy or the sweets, you know, I'm the yes parent. Yes, you can have that. Um, so no tricks other than, um, you know, holding your ground when you need to hold your ground. <laughs> but I would say my husband is much, much better at that than I am. I think that's something that I'm still learning because I'm, I'm quick to want to, um, you know, they're also growing up a little bit differently than I, than I did. I, um, 
came from kind of your traditional lower middle-class family. And so, um, you know, four kids, all of our wardrobes were hand-me-downs and, um, you know, you, you would scrappy is a good way of, of describing, you know, the way that I grew up, I really had to, to fight for kind of everything, um, everything that I earned. And so they're growing up with a little bit more luxury than I had. And so, you know, when, when you're younger and you might not have things and, um, you know, you're, you're working one job or two jobs and, um, you know what it's like to, to have somebody tell you, oh, you can't have that toy or, oh, we can't afford that right now or whatever it might be. I think now in the reverse, it's hard that I've got to tell myself you don't have to give them everything just because, you know, you had it, you had it tougher. Um, so trying to course correct and, and tell myself that, um, I've got to still kind of keep them, keep them so that they, you know, inherit that same level of, of grit and scrappiness, which I think is hard because I think your natural inclination as a parent is to give them the world. Right. So, so saying no, I think is difficult, super important, um, (laughs) so that they grow up to be hardworking and have that same element of hustle, but, but also challenging. So I might have to follow up with you on that one, um, to see if you have any, any tips to share with me. I don't know. I get part so that that question is sort of multidimensional because you know I think when well I'm I'm project I'm assuming here because I, I don't have your experience um but like at a at a company as dynamic as Uber or just any really in-house role so just to kind of divorce it specifically from an Uber question yeah and like you 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 can get pulled in a lot of directions yeah. and, and so you you have to be able to discern like what's 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 the priority uh yeah. and, and be able to say no in that context too and then yeah. also help your team uh see that which can be really tough because i feel like teams get pulled you know, yeah. they're like the frontline folks uh or more closer to the front line um so Yeah, especially in legal, Um, because at the end of the day, the business is our client, right? So, so it's hard to say no to your client. If your client wants something done, you get it done, right? Um, I think as my career at Uber has evolved, I've been there almost seven years. um, I think I've gotten better at that. I think I um, uh, recognizing, especially as a parent, that I don't always have to lean in choosing when I want to lean in and when I want to lean out. I think, um, especially in my equity journey, right. It's, it's, we get told a lot as, as women lean in, lean in, you know, get to that meeting, get to that, um, conversation, get to that extra work to take on, to show that you can handle it, whatever it might be. I think we're, we're constantly told that. Um, and I've actually told myself, I think recently understanding when I can lean out. Um, so knowing that, okay, at the end of the day, my kids are my why I do everything for my kids. So work could go away. Uber could go away. You know, it all could go away. And my kids are my why. Um, so I think keeping that more in mind as I, as my tenure goes on at Uber and, you know, if my child has a 11 o'clock, um, story time and I'm being asked to be the guest reader or whatever it is, but it conflicts with some meeting that I should probably be at. I'm going to go to my kids thing at this stage in my career. I just am. Um, and I'm going to do it for a variety of reasons. I'm going to do it for my kids and my family, for myself, but I'm also going to do it for my team so that they can see it's okay. Um, you know, you, you still got to show up to work and do your job and you got to get your work done. You can't say no to everything. But I think 
recognizing that um, there will be other opportunities if you have to say no to one certain opportunity and recognizing that it's okay to lean in at certain times and lean out at others. Um, I think that was super challenging for me in my early days at Uber. And we also were just in a different state as a company um, that I missed a lot when it came to, to my son in his early years. And so I think as my journey has gone on, um, you know, saying no at work has, has probably been easier for me than saying no to my kids. That's a whole other, <laughs> I'm still working on, on that one. They're so cute, man. I mean, my daughter looks at me, and, uh, she's got these big brown doe eyes. I'm like, I can't, you know, I can't say no worth anything to you. So, so that one I struggle with more, but I, I do think, um, so I've also seen leaders and I've seen managers who don't encourage that. And when you don't, the burnout happens fast. Um, mm -hmm. and you're going to have attrition or you're going to have a cultural, um, you know, work environment that is not healthy. I think leaders, you know, have to have to set the example, especially when you think about vacation, when you think about, um, we have unlimited vacation at, at Uber. And I think it's, um, important to take it. I think they need to see you take it. And so, um, all of this, I think, you know, ties into, I hate saying work-life balance because it's an elusive word that I think is uh, is not really something that that can ever be achieved. Um, but I think you know you've got to try to strive for um, some element of being able to prioritize what's really important to you, whether that's your family or it's traveling, and and being able to make sure that um, you know work is is what you do. It's not who you are. Yeah, take us back to the time or period when you were transitioning from your firm to Uber, like what? Um, yeah. So that's a, a crazy story as well, because it all ties in with my son's, um, my son's kind of crazy birth story. So, uh, I had my son, Michael, who was eight weeks early, premature, um, spent a lot of time in the NICU first, first, uh, born, um, grandchild on my, uh, husband's side of the family. And, um, you know, super excited for his arrival. Typical parents though, had no idea what we were doing. And also just, you know, spending six weeks in the NICU is, is tough. We, um, didn't expect, you know, what happened and I had some health issues that, that led to his early arrival. And so, um, during that time, we were actually planning to move back to Ohio, which is where I'm from. Originally we were in Chicago and, um, wanted to be closer to family just because it was a traumatic experience we went through and we had a newborn as well that we didn't know. Um, luckily, everything turned out to be okay. And he's a healthy seven-year-old um, child, but we didn't know exactly what the course ahead was going to be for us. And so um, we were making the, the plans to end our lease, move back to Ohio. Um, we were going to move in with my husband's family for a little bit and just get adjusted, see you know where the world was going to take us. Um, and I was still on maternity leave and I remember seeing the post at Uber and had followed the company for a long time. I had friends that worked at the company were early Uber and, um, you know, just, uh, if I was going to go in-house, if I was going to make that leap, um, it, it really wasn't going to be for any type of company. It was like an Uber. I wanted, I wanted tech. I wanted something impactful. Um, and so that's the company that I had been watching, but every job that was posted, you know, was San Francisco, San Francisco. And so 
I just didn't think it would be possible that they'd have um, most legal departments, you know, sit in headquarters. And so I didn't think that we'd get to a world where um, a posting would open up in Chicago. And it did uh, because my boss was based out of Chicago at the time. And she was, she was the first tort lawyer that was hired um, and the post went up uh, and I looked at my husband and said, this is a long shot. I'm not going to get this right. But, but I should apply if it's any company, it's Uber and I should apply to this. Right. And he said, yeah, sure. And we kind of kept having that conversation. There's many interviews you go through. There's a written exercise. Um, there's a, it's a long, you know, step in terms of, of interviewing, at least at that time, especially. And so I kept kind of getting through the next stage and we'd look at each other and say, should I keep going? You know, uh, we're planning on moving back to Ohio. Um, and I kept getting to the next stage and, and, eventually got the offer um, a couple of weeks before we were actually supposed to pack our bags and move back home. And so we did a complete 180, um, found another place in Chicago, um, found what we were going to do with childcare for my son, had the unfortunate experience of having to tell both sets of our parents we were not moving back with their grandchild to Ohio. Uh, we both have close-knit families, um, you know, who were who were looking forward to that. So um, it was a crazy time. It's, uh, as, as my parents like to say, we like to do um, a lot of crazy things at one time. We invite a lot of chaos. And so um, we had to, you know, pivot quickly and find a new place to live, find childcare. Uh, and I started at Uber. Um, I went back to work at my firm for maybe two weeks, put in my notice and started at Uber uh, less than a month later with a four month old. So Hmm. So it was crazy um, because starting at Uber, especially too, with a four month old um, was an interesting experience. So <laughs> not a lot of sleep. So, yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, and so now here you are seven years in and, uh, you know, I don't I'm not entirely sure how we got connected other than this belief is probably LinkedIn. And I think. Um, and see that you're involved in the tech GC community and, and yeah. also see that you are, you know, I would say like more, um, more intentional about your voice, like showing up and, and sharing certain things. And so just curious about where, what you see, where you see the opportunities now, um, both, you know, sort of within maybe within Uber specifically, or maybe kind of more broadly in the tech's uh, in-house space and sort of uh, maybe speak to that based on your experience. In terms of um, what I see. Like, like the opp opportunities and that for uh, just other, uh, I'd say sort of attorneys go going into like the, like becoming like transitioning from being a young attorney to being an attorney with experience. And then specifically as it relates to your experience, being yep. a woman attorney. And then, and then also overlaying that in the tech space. Yeah. So tech is its own crazy beast, right? So I think there's kind of learning in-house life and there's, there's learning um, tech life. And I think the pace of tech life is, is intense. Um, and what I actually tell people that are looking for mentorship or whether they're at Uber or they're not at Uber, it's, it's not for everyone. And that's okay too. Um, I've made kind of um, certain choices and, and have found ways to adapt and thrive really. Um, and I think I, I owe a lot of that to the support system I have. So I would say wherever you go, 
you need to have a good support system, both um, at home in your personal life, but also at work. And I've, I've always had that in terms of business clients that have supported me um, at Uber, Gus Fulner being one of them, my own manager, Katie Waitsman um, being one of them, um, Tony West, our CLO has been a big champion of mine. And so I think you need that for sure, um, because what's going to attract you to a company is different than what's going to keep you at a company. Um, and what's going to keep you at a company is your support system. And so I think um, making sure if you're looking for a job or wherever you're going, you're looking at the people, you're looking at the team. Um, you're not just thinking like, oh, yeah, the work's really great and exciting. That's one piece of it. The mission might get you there. But I think you have to have um, a strong support system. And I, I definitely needed that at Uber, both in my personal life with my husband, my parents, my siblings, um, my kids, you know, but also then uh, at Uber, I think, especially what keeps me seven years at Uber is, is a long time. Uh, it, it's not in traditional work life, but in Uber life, um, certainly it is. And and what I tell people all the time is it's the people that have kept me there. Um, it's my team, you know, who teaches me something new every single day, every single week. Um, but then it's my own, you know, support system from mentors that I have, my boss, um, my business clients that champion me because it's going to be hard just both to, to thrive and be successful and, and develop if you don't have that, but also just your own sense of belonging and happiness. Um, you've got to have a safe spot at work and whether that's in tech, whether that's other in-house opportunities, whether that's in law firm life. Um, I think that's, that's a big piece of the ticket. Yeah. Really interesting response. One of the things I'm curious about is you talk about support from your business clients and um, that is something I think is rather novel uh, yeah. or something that may not, people may not readily appreciate as they're kind of thinking about transitioning to in-house. And so you mentioned some individuals by their names and so I'm curious, just in the broader sense of getting support from a business client, what that looks like, what, what it looks like for someone, for you to feel like someone is your champion. I think there's definitely an element first of proving yourself, right? You have to, you have to show you've got the skills, you've got the legal acumen, um, and especially in in-house life and in tech. A big piece of that is showing that you can be a partner in helping to move the business forward. Uh, legal can can get a reputation, you know, when you're an in-house that you're just a cost center, you're just um, kind of the least welcome person in the room. Oh, here comes legal. They're just going to block whatever cool, fun, exciting thing we want to do. And so I think the first part of it is changing the narrative and, and how we can be a growth partner, how we can help you do that really cool thing and, and comply with the law and doing it or you know, adopt this risk mitigator so that we're doing it and, and not creating financial adverse impact. Um, and I think that first comes from the legal side of it, right? The substantive skills. And then I think from there, it's relationship building. Um, I think, you know, uh, you have to find a way to connect. You have to, um, when it comes to mentorship, you can also ask, will you be my mentor? Will you sponsor me? Will you advocate for me? Um, where I've gotten and, and the promotions I've gotten through my tenure at Uber, I would not have gotten, did I not have the support of my business clients? It's not just about, oh, your manager vouched for you and here you go up the chain. You really actually have to have business stakeholders who are going to advocate for you and say, yes, this person's worthy of, you know, that promotion, or we need them to have that promotion because we need them to take on that additional scope to help us in the business. And so, um, I think first and foremost, it comes from 
you got to prove yourself a little bit and you got to work hard and you've got to show that you have the skills and you can conquer it. And then I think from there, it's about relationships. So making sure that you're staying connected, um, that you understand their objectives, that you're asking for feedback. Um, I always, especially with, with my main business client, when we do have an opportunity to sync in a one-on-one, I'll, I'll say, do you have any feedback for me? What can I be doing better? What can I do, you know, to, um, to help you in this regard. If I'm meeting with our chief legal officer, how can I make your life easier? What can I do? What can I take off your plate? Um, you know, asking those conversations that at first can, can be a little startling. Oh, what are they going to say? Do I want the feedback they're going to give? Um, but you got to ask it. And I think that also opens up conversations. It builds trust. Um, because so much, I think, um, uh, you know, I'm an attorney, so I'll think about it in the legal sense, but I think a lot of people would say this, especially, um, you know, if you're building a track record for success, it, it comes down to relationship building and how you connect, how you work with others. Um, if you have a reputation of not being able to collaborate um, or being difficult, um, you're certainly not going to thrive at Uber, but I think you're going to have a tough, tough path probably wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful advice and perspective all the way around. Um Thanks for, thanks for sharing a little bit of your story and your time with us. Um, and uh, we look forward to following all the cool things that you do. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah. We need to recognize that this is possible because of the hard work and support of the well-run media team. They make this easy. And speaking of easy, big thanks to Huga Coworking for access to their studio. And of course, the lawyers who agree to take time out of their busy, busy schedules to be here even though we're sure they have better things to do. So thanks for saying yes.